Hello and hey there. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast. Join us as we share our personal top five list for a variety of random topics. What's your go-to coffee mug? Uh, What's your favorite ice cream? Which store brand cereal is the best store brand cereal to rule them all? Each episode, we'll explore a new topic and discuss our favorite picks, ranging from music, movies, food, travel destinations, board games, roller coasters, to everything. Nothing's off limits, and everyone is wrong, even when we think we're right. So I'm your host, Zach Rancourt, and with me as always is... Tom Lockhart. Hi, Tom. How are you? Uh, Not great, as you can tell from the rasp in my voice. I have finally gotten sick. I dodged it. I just, oh, got out of the way of it every time someone was sick around me. And Whitney was sick for like kind of two weeks, but she was at the point where it was like, oh, we can start like kissing each other again. And that was the wrong decision. Don't kiss your wife, guys. <laughs> yeah, they, loser. They get you sick. <laughs> look, at, look at you kissing your wife like a loser. Ugh, Jeez. I can't believe I did it. It was peer pressure. I can't. Ugh, damn. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I had COVID last week. and Or yes, last week, I think. And it was really crummy. Um, I wasn't super happy with it. Uh, I found out actually after I, I went to that Mariners game and won those airline miles. I went home and I was excited. But I'm like, oh, I don't feel very good. And I tested and I'm like, God damn it. So I got some airline miles and I got COVID. (laughs) I'm real tired from all that excitement. That's what it was. The excitement that tired me out. (laughs) It was terrible. This is the worst bout I've ever had of it. Uh, My my sinus was absolutely destroyed and I felt like death. So yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now is just like all in the sinuses. It's terrible. Uh, But you know who isn't terrible is this guy. Eric Shane. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. No, it depends he, on the context. So I'm no. not terrible right now. He's great. He ha- he has yeah. a, an amazing cardigan, and he loves a good uh, white Russian. It's true. It's true. The, both of those things are true. I feel great. I didn't. I'm um, very fortunate. I didn't get sick. Uh, last time I got sick, I thought it might be COVID, but I was negative. So I'm just fortunate in that sense. Um, I'm actually doing good, man. NFL draft was this last weekend. I watched every second of that because I'm such a nerd about it. So. It was good. And then the Kraken won game seven against the Avs last great, night. Great game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was on pins was, and needles the whole time. Absolutely. I'm not a huge hockey fan, but it, you don't have to be in sports. You know when you're seeing something special. And mm-hmm. you, Grubauer, however you say his name, the goalie Grubauer, for the Kraken. Yeah. yeah, he's just incredible. What a night. Dude, yeah, it was a crazy night. I mean, I, so I've been watching every playoff game this year. I've been fortunate enough to go to a few Kraken games this year and last year. So I'm definitely a fan. Um I don't have any gear or anything like that just because I'm mostly between Seahawks and Mariners. I just have been spending a little too much, but I'll get a jersey eventually. But I'm just so happy with this team. They're so fun to watch. The sports community on Twitter that we're all a part of just really jumps around this. It's awesome to see athletes like Cam Chancellor just get really excited about, you know, the Kraken. And uh, so it's it's been fun, man. Cinderella season continues. Bring on Dallas tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. So uh, what you said is true that uh, that you're you're a good guy. I believe that's what you said at the top of I your intro. <laughs> so I'm not always a piece of shit. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's true. That That is actually a fact. And a fact is a thing that is known or proved to be true. The moon is two two hundred and thirty eight thousand nine hundred miles away from Earth. Teddy Roosevelt was 60 years old when he died. Baseball was invented in 1839. And Die Hard is a Christmas movie. These are all facts. These are proven scientific facts. They're all examples of them. And without facts, the world would just be full of a bunch of assholes who spit random opinions on a podcast and think they are right all the dang time. 
that Dunning-Kruger effect would be destroying this world. It's a good thing we don't live in that reality. Yeah, yeah. because plot twist, <laughs> we are a bunch of assholes with a podcast that think we are right. So today we're going to discuss our top five weirdest facts. As usual, we didn't discuss our list with each other. And, you know, we're just a few dudes who like to discuss nonsense. And I would wager that we are not going to have any crossover fun facts this entire episode. If we do, we need to start branching out a little bit more. But <laughs> I don't think we'll have any crossover. If we have any crossovers on this, the next episode is going to be three substitutes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We're going to have the ladies come on and fill in for us and do their yeah. own thing. Cause if we, yeah, there's no way we should have crossover this time. This is way too random. There yeah, are, this, there this are way too so many, awkward. <laughs> way too many fun, uh, you know, facts out there. So Tom, why don't you get us started with your first weird fact? Okay. So when I was a child and still currently as an adult, my favorite animal was the sloth. Sloth just seemed they're a weird looking creature the the fact that I always knew about them was that algae like grows on them because they move so little. Um, and I always thought that was really cool. So I've always enjoyed slots. But the fact that I have for you today is something that I learned looking for facts on the Internet. And that is that the sloth can hold its breath for 40 minutes, four zero minutes. Wow. To give you reference. A dolphin comes up every 10 minutes oh underwater. God. Like, so it quadruples a dolphin's ability to stay underwater. And something else I learned, sloths are actually really good swimmers and wow. they like move fast through the water. And it's just like that thing that hangs in the tree for 10 hours a day, like doing nothing is a great swimmer and can just hold its breath for 40 minutes. I thought that was insane. And it made me love sloths even more. Um, in the, the movie Zootopia, my favorite scene in that, and it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen, is when the sloths are at the DMV, and they, they tell the sloth a joke, and when he slowly is brightening yeah. up his face, it is the <laughs> most beautiful moment I've ever seen on film. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. It's a good movie. I like <laughs> that movie, movie a lot. I, I like it a lot, too. I want to live in Zootopia. Try everything. <sighs> it's really cool. I knew that they were fast, fast as fuck boy as they're like swimming around. I knew that. <laughs> I had no idea they could hold their breath for 40 minutes. That's nuts. It's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, it is. I can wow. make it about 30 seconds before I start panicking. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's probably even more than me. But then again, I haven't done cardio in a while. So. It's crazy. I wonder in what scenario a sloth would need to hold its breath, though, to like uh, as a defense they mechanism do it all the time to play dead. <laughs> No, they swim I, all the time. Oh, just, just swimming yeah. wise. Just oh, going yeah. for a nice That's little true. swim. Uh, well, and a, a couple other facts. Uh, so they only poop and pee once a week. They hold mm. it all in. Um, and they also do that in the same location every week so they go to the same spot and do that and that's actually why they get like caught by predators because they keep going to the same spot to do their business and then like a jaguar will come and like eat it up just murk them like i'm just trying to go to the bathroom here (laughs) can you give me a minute that is rude (laughs) so rude how rude (laughs) totally cased the joint and murked them mid poop that's just not cool dude just reading the paper oh no (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. I did not know any of that. So good old sloths. They can uh, be secret agents, apparently, and uh, deep sea divers, I guess. 
Okay. Well, my number one is the only one I have that is animal related, semi-animal related. And this is the only one on the list that I feel like could have crossover potential. And it's that woolly mammoths and pyramids that I don't did you know about this. No. When the pyramids were built, there were still woolly mammoths alive. I've mentioned it, I think, once or twice before. on the Oh, podcast. yeah. Yes. So this is a hard one that people don't realize when they think about this, that you know, think about woolly mammoths existing in the way deep, deep ancient past and ancient past by our standards. Sure. Um, but it, you know, this one's been floating around the internet for a while because it is such a mind fuck. And it's just that, and and, oh, by the way, most of my weird facts here are going to be pretty much time centric because that's what fucks my mind. So (laughs) just, just get ready for that. Uh, but yeah, near as we can tell, there was still a small population of woolly mammoths alive on earth somewhere up around the Arctic around the estimated time of the construction of the pyramids. So um, they said that there was uh, evidence of a small colony of mammoths uh, up around Wrangell Island, I believe is what it is. Uh, Wrangell Island is somewhere. It's between Siberia and Alaska. It's right in that uh, up North, up North between uh, up in the Arctic ocean up there Um, way back on when there was about a thousand at, at the time. Um, said that there were mammoths up there about like they died out 1650 BC. Oh, wow. Which is just not long ago at all. No. And and the pyramids had already been around for like a thousand years. So, um, like the pyramids of Giza. Yeah. Pyramids of Giza. Yes. So crazy to me. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And (laughs) I I saw some folks ask me like, well, because it's such a mystery about how the pyramids were built. They're, they don't really know for sure how they did it. So that's where the whole alien conspiracies and all that stuff <laughs> come from, um, which is bullshit, obviously. But will the woolly mammoths help? No, woolly mammoths did not exist. It was, that was desert at the time. So no, woolly mammoths would not have been around. They'd been all up in the Arctic at that point. The ice sheets had pretty much all gone away at that point, back up to the poles. And the mammoths had almost all died out. But they were around. There were still a few around. There are... It's really interesting. There was this uh, guy on Twitter I follow who's a uh, paleontologist. And one of the things he was studying was woolly mammoths. It's one of his big, he loves dinosaurs and woolly mammoths, even though they exist at totally different times. He took a trip to Siberia. Uh, this was televised. And they had found, like there's a bunch of mammoth tusks up there that the natives find all the time. Uh, they had found, somebody had found a dead woolly mammoth frozen in ice. And, and the difference between the woolly mammoths and the dinosaurs is the dinosaurs are all fossils. Woolly mammoths have not been gone long enough to be fossilized. They weren't a lot. That's it hasn't been that long. When you find a woolly mammoth, that's not some mineralized version of the bone that used to be there. If you find a frozen woolly mammoth, that's the actual hair for flesh of the animal that used to be alive. <clears throat> wow. So, yeah. Um, so like I have, like I think my mom went up to Alaska. She went up to Alaska. She brought home like a piece of mammoth tusk. That tusk was a tusk of a woolly mammoth at one point. You know, of the living animal. It's not a fossil. Yeah, that's it's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's not a fossil at all. These are these were living animals that lived not that long ago. So the potential for cloning really is there. But where the hell would they live? The time dilation ones or or the comparisons of time uh, weird facts when people say things like, you know, uh, so I saw one the other day that said something that Bowling for Soup, when when the song 1985 came out, we're closer now to them putting out a song called 2023 than, than we were 
when 1985 came out, if that makes any sense. So I it's like, so. like yeah, you know what I mean? I, I hear what you're getting at, or, yeah. or, or when you hear things, it's like we're closer to uh, a moon landing or to the moon landing than when the first car was invented or whatever, like weird shit yeah. like that, you know? And I'm like, oh, man, that makes me feel old. And it's also like we, so well, interesting. One of the one of those facts that I did not include on this mm-hmm. is that Cleopatra is closer to our time. Yes. Than she was to the construction of the pyramids. That's what I was. Yeah. Stuff like that is fascinating. The pyramids were way ancient history when she was alive. Yeah. 2000 years ago. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 the mind bending timey wimey stuff totally F's my brain, y'all. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that stuff as we go on. Wow. Okay. Bet on it. Well, there we go. So do you guys know what Brassica oleracea is? Mm, no, of I'm course. Uh, I guarantee you do because Brassica oleracea is a uh, ornamental cabbage. Uh, you might know the offshoots of this cabbage as broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, sea cabbage, silver whips, sprouting broccoli, uh, troncuda cabbage, wild cabbage, and wild mustard. Now, those are all amazing things, and I'm sure we've all had the majority of those. They all come from the same plant. They come from a Brassica oleracea. It is fascinating. Uh, that thing grows, and it's just a, the you know the same species, and it's bred to enhance different parts of the plant. So they just kind of Frankenstein's monster it, and you get broccoli, you get kale, you get uh, kohlrabi, not kale, sorry, you get kohlrabi, you get Brussels sprouts, all from the same damn plant. And now that is efficient. That is like using the entire animal when you are are cutting it up for meat and stuff, except the vegan version. <laughs> um, I think it's fascinating. I love broccoli. It's probably my favorite vegetable. And I think it's it's wonderful that it produces all these other amazing uh, vegetables, produce, yeah. we'll call it. Because it produces mine too, which is Brussels sprouts. I mean, those oh, are delicious. Ooh, They really are. I agree. So it is fascinating. But Cooked properly, Brussels sprouts are amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think it's great because, you know, we, we talk about, hunger like world hunger and global hunger and there's always that argument about gmos genetically modified organisms when you really strip it down everything is pretty much actually genetically modified um every single living thing yeah, on earth it's, is genetically modified it's, it's, it's not it, it's not how people give, think give up give up exactly it's it's not what people think it's not like professor x is coming in there and mutating these these veggies but that would be cool but they you know in if we are trying to feed people and trying to get healthier and stuff, having things like this that can can produce so much for so little is incredible. And I'm all about the conservation of it. That's a great addition. Yeah, uh, I, I I think I knew that, but I don't really it's not something I think about very often. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. OK, so uh, there we go. Tom, what is your next one? Well, I'm going to tell you about the most British thing that I found on the internet. Mm. Um, So shortly after World War II, they realized that tank drivers sometimes have to sit in their tank for days, and it's uncomfortable, and it's tough on them. And what can you give tank drivers, you know, to make their life easier inside of a tank? Yeah, I don't know, a bed, something? No, we're going to put tea kettles in every one of our tanks is the British way that they do it. (laughs) Is they were like, you know what they need? They need tea time in those tanks. 
And that just seemed like the most British thing I've ever heard, where it's like, we even have to have tea while we're in the middle of our war. Like, we could be on the battlefield, and we got to make a cup of tea right now. And it sounds gross to me until you find out they can also make coffee in there. Now I'm okay with it. <laughs> Not bad now, because tea is gross. I, I side with uh, Ted Lasso on this. It's just uh, brown hot water, and it is terrible. Well, I did not know that, but I did know we are allies with these people for a reason. And this has uh, once more solidified our our relationship, and I appreciate it. it. The the picture that I saw of, like, two soldiers sitting in the tank, and they have, like, a little teapot, and they're pouring their tea inside <laughs> their tank. And it's just like, oh, my God. Listen, How could if you they, don't uh, – what are you fighting for, you know? If you don't fight for the things like the, like tea time. What are you even fighting for? (laughs) Okay, it's a reminder of what you're fighting for. That's what it is. It's as much about that as anything. It keeps you sharp, that tea. Ugh. No. I like it. (laughs) I think that's very British, and I think that's that's proper, so I dig it. I mean, it would make sense, I guess, if you're in your tank for a long time. Um, I'm sure it's not always in battle, but... Well, yeah. They probably had a loo in there, too. Or maybe just a bucket. You could take a poop in or a pee. Or just a tube that leads out. <laughs> Nothing. Pee down the cannon, you see. And then poop poop comes out of the, the cannon when you shoot it. The artillery. Ooh. <laughs> Double That's whammy. Nasty. Double whammy. <laughs> um, Eric, what's your next one? My next one it's I spent a lot of time in tanks, so I'm not gonna sit here and spoil your fun with facts. Let's let's get on to weird facts, okay? Let's get back to weird facts. For me, uh, birth year 1929, that's what you can add to the form, is birth year 1929 uh, on mine. Uh, So this is another one that I've mentioned before. Uh, Anne Frank, who famously, tragically died in the Holocaust. The great civil rights leader, Martin Luther King Jr. Television icons, Barbara Walters and Bob Newhart. They were all born the same year, 1929. Now, We think of these times as totally distinct, separate periods of time, but that is a lie that we tell ourselves. It all bleeds together. So Barbara Walters, she only just passed away this last December. Bob Newhart's still very much alive. Um, His wife actually just passed away like this week. So, you know, thoughts out to him. But he's still, you know, he's he's around. uh, And there are people, listen, there are people who are alive today who experienced all of that horror of World War II, like the worst calamity that we, that humanity ever did to itself. And these people, like it happened in these people's lifetime, right? Like one lifetime. They saw it with their own eyes, right? And oh, hey, by the way, many of the people who are so like against critical race theory and things like that, you know, we still have the black and white photographs of their parents and them protesting against black people like in the South who just wanted to be treated as equal citizens. You know, I just want to like, it wasn't that long ago, right? And they're like, oh, you know, oh, it's, it's all it's all ancient history. No, it's not ancient history. It's not all one of the bridge. It's nowhere close to anywhere like that. It was yesterday in terms of time. And and that's my point, right? It's like it's, it's so much of this is still happening, like the pull of fascism, the anti-Semitism that was so open and welcome pre-World War II. Uh, it's made a big comeback. It's very open again. The hostile attitudes towards like liberal education and pluralism plurality inclusive society open to questioning uh, like and changing our own identities and it's something scary to a lot of insecure people and it just blows me away 
that we forget that this isn't some time distinct from that time. It's just a continuation. All these things that, that occurred that caused millions of lives to fight against, it happened a lifetime ago. People witnessed it. And the civil rights, it, it, it's not over. It's still continuing. So this is not ancient history by a damn sight. Um, so it's just when you think of, like I said, when you think of Anne Frank, you, you've read about the Holocaust and what happened to her. That's, we all read about her story yeah, in the Diary of Anne Frank. We all read about that in, in school. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr., black and white photos. We, we know what happened to him. But like I said, there were people who were born the same year as those two individuals alive today. So it's that that really makes you think, oh, shit. Wow. Though that really wasn't that long ago at all, huh? That's so no, that's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy to think that. And I mean, there was a certain point, you know, when there were people alive that were around when the Titanic sank. And you, you think about that and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> that's that's insane. I mean, even watching that movie in 98 or whenever it came out uh, right. and knowing that there are people around who survived that or who witnessed that or not witnessed that, but, you know, were alive when it happened. And it's that kind of stuff is so crazy to me. Yeah. So not as many, not as many anymore for Titanic because no. it's no, no, just no. so much time has gone. Yeah. But, but like, but yeah, yeah. It, when it came out, there were survivors mm-hmm. like it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah. Yep. Birth year 1929. That's what I have on mine. Crazy stuff. Time is so interesting. You got you got two time ones on this. Uh, I blown, got a couple of I got, mind. A, I got the next two are really going to fuck you up. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> nope, you're not. Yeah. But I, I was born for this shit. This this particular <laughs> subject. I This is my wheelhouse, baby. This is where I live. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I got a, weird facts for days, son. It was a good suggestion for the category. Yes, then. It was. Yes, it was. Well, speaking of time. OK, do you guys enjoy honey at all? Yeah, yeah honey is delicious. Yeah, yeah honey's okay. good. What, what, what do you put your what, what do you put honey on? What do you guys put it on? I put it in like tea, like mm-hmm. lemon tea, like when I've got a sore throat. Uh, I'll usually uh, I I actually use honey when I make my deep dish. I I put it on my my deep dish pizza. Mm. Yeah, that does sound good. Ooh, delicious. You know, well, I have good news for you because you can go to Costco and you can buy that that gallon tub of honey if you want. And, you know, it's okay if you only use a little bit for your tea or for your pizza here and there because honey never spoils. It has actually been found in Egyptian tombs and is still edible after thousands of years. Uh, it's because of the low moisture. It doesn't create any uh, back- opportunity for bacteria to grow, grow. So honey never spoils. It might have a, like a discoloration or a flavor profile change, but it never goes bad. Um, I think that's wonderful. I think that's fascinating. I love bees. I love honeybees. And, and you know, without them, we would be in a, a lot of trouble. But um, I, I think it's such a fascinating fact that what they produce just doesn't go bad. You can have a jar of honey, a, a squeezy thing of honey sitting for for years and years and years, and it'd be okay. You don't need an expiration date on it. Honey it, was an ancient preservative. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. I I just, it's an everyday item. It's just like Eric's stuff uh, where we see it with our eyes. It's an everyday item, and we can see history, basically. Yep. You know, these, these Egyptians, these woolly mammoths were probably licking honey off of trees while the the people building the pyramids were putting honey on their toast i don't know that's not right but you know what i mean (laughs) that's what happened that's exactly what happened exactly what happened Um, why is there honey on the trees yeah i don't know why aren't why isn't there 
I don't know. Don't, don't ask me. You don't me. know. We don't, don't know what trees did back then. I don't make the That's rules. True. So I just think it's fascinating. I love honey. Um, it's great in tea. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. it's delicious on a sandwich. Um, yeah, I've had it on pizza with like the crust where you can dip mm-hmm. your crust in honey. And oh, man, it's really good. So I am I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, I throw it into my shakes also. My uh, protein shakes get a little honey in there. Well, look at you, buffguy.com. Oh, I'm swole. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Tom, you're third. Okay, I thought I should have at least one sports one on here. And yeah, we're right. Talk, we're going to talk about Barry Bonds. Anybody else have Barry Bonds on their list? Nope, nope. Well, so far, we're good. This particular fact is, so Barry Bonds was walked unintentionally 1,870 times, and he was walked 680 times intentionally. Um, that's not the fact. Um, the fact is that distance is 43.6 miles, which is a very long distance. Now, if we add in the amount of distance he went with all of his home runs, which is 51.92, you get 95.5 miles that Barry Bonds went around the bases on either a walk or home run. Mm-hmm. Now, to give a little reference for us, we live here in Seattle. That's if you walked from Seattle to Bellingham, you'd still have to go six more miles <laughs> to get to the distance he has walked just around bases on those plays. And that just seems like such a crazy distance that you never think of in a game that like a guy gets a single and you don't think like oh that's adding up to a huge number over time every time he goes to first base is just more and more steps that he's putting in and that just seems like such a a crazy amount for one guy to go basically just standing there and then they throw some balls past him and he goes and walks to first base there's a TikTok account that's dedicated, I think, to or it talks a lot about Barry Bonds facts. It's just about how I don't know if you've seen it or if it's come across your feed. Nope. But it's just it's stuff just like this, talking about how like his OPS was one point at one point was so high. It's like you could get a hit every single game, including a home run every single game, mm-hmm. which would add up to 162 home runs for you that year, and your OPS still would not be as high as Barry Bonds. <laughs> <sighs> because he would get on base pretty much every single time he was up because he would either get a hit a homer or he would be automatically walked mm-hmm. because he was such a threat so that's so crazy it Just, is beyond crazy uh, gets on and you're like shit <laughs> he really uh, he should be absolute, in the hall of fame oh. yeah mm-hmm. uh, beyond the fat beyond the steroids facts beyond that he was still just fucking Still, he still did the deed. I mean, like steroids or not, he still was able to be a dominant player even before steroids. He was good. So, yeah, well, that, well that's the thing. That's the crazy thing about him. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this last week, I think. Yeah, because just... you can see when his body changed. And oh, sure. Before that, he was a Hall of Famer if he quit right before his body started to change. Jam steroids <laughs> into my neck and my ass all day long, too. I'm never hitting dingers because I can't make contact with a 98 mile an hour fastball. Exactly. And that's what <laughs> yeah. it comes down to is. Yes, it enhances you, but you have you still have a certain level of skill. Maguire was still mashing stuff. It's just the steroids helped him a little bit more. So I don't know. Bullshit. Uh, Great. uh, Great fact, Tom. I like it. Nice, Tom. Yeah. Good, good, good inclusion, bud. Yeah. Eric, what's your third? 
All right, my third. This one's called President Tyler's Grandson. So go ahead and type that in. So Got it. for those of you who don't know me, you know I practice in presidential lore quite, quite a bit. And for those of you who don't practice in presidential lore, President John Tyler is an easy one to forget. Uh, he was our 10th president, and he only became so because he was the running mate of one William Henry Harrison, our ninth president, who died one month after taking office. Okay, So President Tyler, he was a one-term president from 1841 to 1845. His presidency was not celebrated, and he's really only notable for two things. One, he was the only former president so far whose death was not officially recognized in Washington, D.C. No flowers, no parades, no laying in the state capital of the rotunda, no official mourning whatsoever. Why? Because he died in 1862, a noteworthy, noted, and out-and-out supporter of the Confederacy. He was a traitor to this country, and therefore he wasn't mourned by it. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Um, there's precedent. That alone, so that alone uh, would actually qualify for a weird fact. We could stop right there, but I'm not going to stop right there. Okay. That's, that's just, that's just fun. Anyway, the note, the second notable fact, the real fact I'm focusing on is this. His grandson is alive today. Yes. Wow. Today, his grandson. I said his grandson, not his great, great, great grandson or great. No, no, no. Grandson, his son's son. Wow. So, let me, let me give you the here. So his name is Harrison Ruffin Tyler. He is 94 years old. Okay. John Tyler was born just after President Washington's first term in office. March 1790. That's when he was born. Okay. He lived a good long life. Well, not a good. No, not a good life. He, not a good life at all. I, he was a slaveholding Confederate piece of shit. Fuck him. Anyway, so a long... <laughs> A long life, though, he lived well into his 70s, and it was a virulent life, too, because his last son was born in 1853 when Tyler was in his 60s. He had a son. OK, so that is pretty different even back then. Anyway, that son also was long lived. He died at age 81 in 1935, but not before having his last living son, Harrison Ruffin Tyler. When he was in his 70s. Okay. So Harrison Ruffin Tyler was born in 1928, the year before Anne Frank and Dr. King, and he is alive today. Wow. There, there is an old man in Virginia right now, as we speak, that you could go talk to right now, whose father was alive when slavery was the law of the land, whose grandfather was born during the Washington administration. That's so. <laughs> the stuff is history, man, but it ain't ancient history. This shit wasn't that long ago. So how about that for a weird fact? Well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable uh, with that. No. <laughs> I told you it's going to blow your fucking mind, man. I told you. I told you. We're so, I, uh, we're so young as a nation, and it's crazy. Really it's, st- it's stuff like that that it's like, holy shit. We're so young as a nation. I mean, yes, this is a peculiar circumstance. This truly right, is. But right. still, it, the fact that it's mathematically possible at all is boggling. Just my bananas. Yeah, yeah, bananas. Yep. His 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 grandson is alive right now. How about that? Jeez. Well, I like it. Uh, well, I say 
right now <laughs> as of 2023 because i mean we're you know who knows when anyone who knows when you you the listener are going to be hearing this he may be long gone by then but he, he probably listens to the podcast i hope he does <laughs> i hope he does well that's i it's i don't i don't think i can beat a fact like that Nope, we're just done. <laughs> I, think, yep. I, think, I think that's the show. All right, everybody, that's, thank you for that listening. Is, to the- <laughs> that might be the most mind-boggling, but I don't know. I got a couple more that I think you're going to like. Well, so when I was younger, um, you know, in school, we always used pencils, right? Everyone used pencils. Uh, pens yes. were, were not until you get to middle school, and uh, the old adage of even pencils have erasers. You know, you, you make mistakes, and that's fine. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that a Dixon Ticonderoga was used to sign the Declaration of Independence. And that's that's not accurate, but I like to believe it is because I do love a good pencil. I love a good pencil so much that I'm curious on this. That lead inside of a number two pencil, it's long. You sharpen it. It's great. But how long can you actually use that pencil for? So apparently, if you have a fresh pencil from the smooth part all the way to the eraser tip, you can draw a line 35 miles long with one use. So the entire strand of lead in that can draw a consistent line for 35 miles. I don't know how they tested it. They probably just had something that would sharpen and uh, like a conveyor belt of paper just going 35 miles long. That's a lot of uh, use out of a five cent pencil less than that. So I dig the shit out of that, and I I like it. I, I I we don't use pencils enough anymore. Yeah, I use pencils all the time, but you're you're right. That is that's a good weird fact. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss pencils. I want to use them more often, and it's great to know that it's like chapstick, right? You know, you, you never go through a, a stick of chapstick. You always lose it, and you have to get a new one. It's but true. Uh, how how often? Do you think or how, how many uses of the chapstick until you get to the very end? That's a that's a science fact I'd like to know. So now we, we solve the pencil one. So that's out yeah. of the, it's out the window. We don't we don't have to debate that one anymore. Yeah. So pop is, is is three licks, right? And yeah. the yeah. pencil is 35 miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just going to buy my kids one pencil. And then, you know, you, that's the one you use throughout your entire first grade year. Then one for <laughs> second grade year. That's it. That's all you do. You He's sharpen telling it. me you've done 35 miles worth of homework. Exactly. You've you only done. full of shit. <laughs> this is only 12 miles of homework because a pencil is only my like goddamn money. a third of the way down there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I know I never made it to 30. I always used to chew on my pencils and they would eventually just break. And then I just be like, ah, new pencil. Uh, I could have got so much more use out of that thing. I like break my pencil to show how strong I am. And I cheat cheat too because what I do is I'd wrap my pinky around the bottom end. (laughs) That's how how you do it. You were taking roids back then, weren't you? You cheater. You're getting all those those dingers and breaking pencils at the same time. That's true. (laughs) Little column A, little column B. Exactly. Thomas, oh, what's your what's your fourth? Do you guys like chocolate pudding? I do. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Yeah, we all like chocolate pudding. The big problem with chocolate pudding, though, is you have to like make it. You need ingredients. You got to put it in there. You got to whip it up, and then you put it in the fridge. And you got to wait for it. Don't you just wish there was something you could just I don't know, like cut in half and bite into, and you'd be like, "Ooh, chocolate pudding." Did I'm you know sure. <laughs> that there was a fruit in South America? That tastes like chocolate pudding. Ooh, no It way. is a thing that exists out there, and it is called the black saput. 
S-A-P-O-T-E. It's uh, it's part of the persimmon family, and when it's when it's not ripe, it tastes really bitter and it's terrible apparently. But when it is ripe, it tastes like chocolate pudding and sweet custard. That oh, is how people good. describe wow. it. And this is a fruit you can open up and just ah just bite into. It Where has, is this? It's in uh, Central and South America. So like Colombia, Mexico, um, there's another country in there that I can't think of off the top of my head. But oh. yeah, they grow they grow there and you just pop them open and you just eat it and it's delicious, delicious chocolate pudding, wow. but in fruit form and it's actually a lot healthier than chocolate pudding. And, uh, and it has three times more vitamin C than an orange. And it's just like, and it's chocolate pudding. Like the... How did I never know that there was a fruit that tastes like chocolate pudding? Like, that just sounds insane. (laughs) It's like those cotton candy grapes. I don't know if you've had them or not that taste just like cotton candy. You're like, yes, my goodness, it's delicious. Uh, Because I've also had uh, pear grapes or grape pears. It's one or the other. I can't remember what it was, but it tastes like, yes, grape. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, uh, Mm. The things that the world has is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, this is I a be, big and beautiful, wonderful world, you guys. Just going through a hike through Central America, I can just be like, "Ooh, chocolate pudding," and not really sound stupid. It's like, oh, well, that, yeah, this is what it I is. I found a website <laughs> called Miami Fruit. I I didn't Google that. I just it just came across. <laughs> I I wouldn't Google that normally, but anyway, I found um, it's called MiamiFruit.org. Uh, backslash products, backslash black support. Uh Apparently, you can order a box of them for like eighty-seven dollars. <laughs> yes, for a small know, box, uh, mind you, uh, a small box. Florida and Hawaii, you can grow them, but you have to have very specific like climate and dirt to Soil, grow it yeah. in those places. Because yeah. uh, what was it like Texas? You can't grow them there because it's too mm-hmm. dry and all. Yeah. It's just like oh. How do you yeah. imagine discovering this fruit would have been like? Do you think, you know, back in the oh the, the 600s or something like that, somebody was was walking around and they were just hungry and they're like, "You know, I'm going to risk it. I'm just going to try that." And they bit oh, into no. it. It's and they're like, ancient, "This has got to be ancient knowledge, way way like, older than that." It looks yeah. like yeah. it looks like poop, but I'm just going to take a bite and oh my god, it's not poop. It tastes like chocolate pudding. Like, we that, don't even know what chocolate pudding is yet. But, yet. but, but it this tastes is like that. That's it probably tasted very good. Fascinating to me when I when I hear about that kind of stuff. I'm like, who's the person that tried it or knew that? Like mushrooms. Who's the person that was like, this one's poisonous. This one's fine. That's a fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's trial. That's a, a lot of trial and error right there. That's, that's trial and error. That's ancient human knowledge that we've built over a long period of time. That's why I keep friends that I don't like. So we can go mushroom foraging and I can be like, hey, try that one for me. Why don't you, why don't you try it? That's the reason why. <laughs> exactly. I am going going to google black support and uh, on youtube that's what i'm going to do i, I want to see reaction videos of people yeah there's, see what, there's a video of a guy eating one and he's like does it really taste like it? I, I didn't watch uh, yeah. it yet but I, i'm going to when this is over oh yeah. hell yeah that sounds uh, delicious speaking of mushrooms by the way i have made my first ever purchase at a farmer's market hmm. we bought some mushrooms hmm. this weekend and they were delicious i made a uh a udon noodle dish that was mm. Mm, so good. 
Mushrooms yeah, are real tasty, right. especially if you get a good mushroom too. Yeah, I, I like cooked mushrooms, but I like raw mushrooms far more. This is my, I just yeah, there's something about the texture and the flavor for me that I just I like raw mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I know right now Gordy is gra- like gagging listening to Sorry, this bud. just because he can't even stand the smell of mushrooms in a room. Like he can't do it. He'll start gagging. I know that he's Sorry, just bro. like, ooh, ooh, yeah. okay. <laughs> More for us then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to suck, Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm All just right. kidding. Uh, Eric, what's your fourth? Okay. Totally different track, but yet another weird historical fact. This one is titled. The Roman Empire ended much later than you think. The Roman Empire ended much later than you think. Cool. Now, when we think of the Romans, we think of Julius Caesar or the movie Gladiator. That's usually a really good one. Uh, God, it's a good movie. Uh, and yes, yes, that is ancient history. The other stuff I've talked about is not. That, that actually is ancient history. We were all taught that the Roman Empire fell in the 5th century, and that gave birth to the Dark Ages. Um, actually it was only the European dark ages because it's uh, calling it the dark, the rest of the world was actually doing fine at that time. So referring to it as just the dark ages is sort of a real Eurocentric view of things that, you know, in the interest of better history, the European dark ages. Okay. Everybody else is pretty much doing fine at that point. Um, including the Eastern Roman empire was doing pretty good. Now it would continue. The Eastern Roman empire would continue for centuries. And now it, it Yes, they had split. And this is an incredibly long story that academics have debated about literally since that time in a long, continuous string from then to now. There's no way I can cover even remotely close to all of the important topics. Like, there's no way. It's way too big of a subject, far too large. Google, there's all kinds of podcasts on it. Go listen to Dan Carlin. He talks for hours about this stuff. It's awesome on his Hardcore History podcast. One of the, my favorite podcasts ever. Anyway, um, I'll just put it like this. Modern commercialism did not invent the importance of branding. Let's just put it that way. Um, the name of the thing still holds a certain power, even if the with everything else, the name holds power. If you call something the Roman Empire and have enough of the effect of it being the Roman Empire, then for all intents and purposes, huzzah, you're the Roman Empire. It's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> Even before the literal fall of the empire, people were trying to restore the empires like this weird thing. But the entire time during those dark ages, you had people attempting and succeeding at wielding Roman authority. And when the Christian king Charlemagne united all Francia, slapped down all the, you know, the heathens and all that, the Pope invited him down to Rome and dun, 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 slapped a crown on his head, called him the Roman Empire. Uh, the Roman emperor on Christmas day, 800 AD. That was the birth of the Holy Roman empire that encompassed pretty much all of central Europe from Italy, all the way, like parts of France, all of Germany, Poland, and the Holy Roman empire survived all the way up until the Napoleonic wars in 1806, calling itself the Holy Roman empire. That's right. So when our nation was born, the Roman empire was one of the places we looked to for support. So meanwhile, the Eastern Romans were doing their own thing. They had changed their branding. They became the Byzantine Empire to sort of create a little more separation between the Western. But it was still Roman. It was still run Roman. Still all the Roman author- uh, trappings and authority and the systems and the machinery. They got taken out eventually in the 15th century by the Ottoman Empire. 
who bogarted the whole thing, same Roman machinery, same everything, basically, same way of governance, even the same holy authority. And they lasted all the way up until after World War One. So the machinery, the branding, the authority of the Roman Empire lasted way, way longer than most people realize. It spanned the entire history between Jesus and Babe Ruth. Okay? So the Roman Empire ended much later than you think. That's crazy. It's, it reminds me of, I mean, obviously I know that they they took uh, inspiration from it in Star Wars, but it's like the empire there where it's gone, but it's never really gone. And there you it, go. And it keeps on, it, it's an inkling, like that flame hasn't gone out yet. And until that fucking flame is completely right. out, it's going to just grow again. Yeah. The first, now the we're, first order. Yeah. The now we're the first yeah. order, guys. It, it, exactly. <laughs> right. And then who knows what's going to happen after that? It's endless. So, But they look like the empire, right? Yeah. That's, that's on purpose. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that's the one detail from the new movies I actually think they got. Like, yes, that's that yeah. is spot on. That's true. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, I I, I would never have guessed that it, it it was still around when we were a nation. Yeah, the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Hmm. Fucking Absolutely. weird. Absolutely. <laughs> Google it. I love I love facts and I love carbon dating and all that. Science is great, yeah. bitch. Yeah, they don't they don't call themselves Caesar, but even even Caesar, right? Caesar. The Tsar of Russia, Tsar is Russian for Caesar. The Kaiser in Germany, Kaiser is German for Caesar. These guys were Kaisers and Tsars all the way up until the last century. There's a reason for that. They kept the branding and the trappings of it. It's still, it was still there. So I love a good Kaiser salad. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Eric. I can't I'm bringing these. the fucking heat. This is my jam. I can't I can't beat these. Okay. Um, so but you did mention heat, so I'll just say this. Uh we're coming up on the just better weather. We had an 80 degree day here in Seattle the other day. It was glorious, but now it's back to rain and some cold. It's okay cuz I'm optimistic it'll get nice and warm. Uh and with warm comes some smiling, some water sports, uh but a lot of stinky people because we're all sweating all the damn time. And I am a person just like Tom, I know that runs warm. And so when I sleep, I sleep with a blanket on in the wintertime. But in the summertime, it has to be a sheet or just barely anything because I will get way too damn hot and I will sweat all in my bed. Um, I sweat like a like a beast and I don't like it. And in fact, this is going to be gross, but a human actually sweats around, on average, 26 gallons of of sweat in their bed every year. 26 gallons is a lot. It's really disgusting when you think about that. Um, but we've all woken up from, you know, sleeping and you're like, oh, gosh, that's why it's really important to wash your bedding. Um it's a fact that it, it's something that I didn't do very often. I neglected in my early 20s. And then as I got older, I'm like, I should probably just start washing this stuff at least once a week uh, in the summertime, probably more so because it's just funky and, and gross. And we're talking 28 gallons of sweat there. That's 26 gallons of sweat. That's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way where I didn't really change my sheets all that maybe like twice a year like mm. you know like a then you got married. yeah and then i met a woman <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like we're gonna change the sheets it's like why are we changing the sheets 
It's like, why? They're not, there's it's, no holes in them. What are you talking about? It's been two weeks. Why would we not change the sheets? It's like, well, what's wrong with them? Did we like bleed all over them? Like, I, I don't understand what the problem here is. Did you poop the bed? <laughs> like, like, what is the problem here? Uh, but this is the problem is sweat and my gross sweat. Cause I sweat all the time, even in the winter. Like if I have like two blankets on me, I will sweat. Yeah. I don't care how cold it is in the room. I'm sweating in that bed. <laughs> I'm probably oh, like double the amount of sweat <laughs> that you just said. Oh, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> so much I... sweat. <laughs> Ugh. That's so nuts. It <laughs> it's really gross. Um, but I, yeah, and I, I have coin op laundry. I don't have a washer dryer in my house. So that's why I try to do mine once a week. I mean, when it's just me sleeping in my bed, you know, I, it is what it is. But once another person comes in there, you're like, yeah, I definitely have to wash the sheets before they come over. Cause that's disgusting. Or yeah, you know, if, you, if you're entertaining, have clean sheets. Yeah. Smells they, good they, too. they ask you what the bucket is next to your bed. That's where I wring out my sheets, you know, once that's a week. So, that's, that's, so gross. <laughs> that's so gross. Why is your bed all moist? Well, oh. Why'd you have to say it like that? Because moist, because that's a, I don't an awesome have word. A with that word, but in this particular context, maybe. Yeah. Well, because we've all sat on a seat and it's been moist, and it's like it's Ugh. not pee, that's sweat. You're like, oh god. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel better. Oh, I don't like it. Okay, Gross. Tom, let's give it your fifth and final. All right, so. I like to travel, and I like to travel because I like to try different foods from different places. I don't really, I've told you many times, not a sightseer. Uh, one of those places I would like to go to is Japan. Uh, Japan seems like a real interesting place, and the thing that I like about Japan is that they have flavors of, like, everything. There's just like, if they have Cheetos, there's going to be a bunch of flavors. And there's going to be one specific item that I'm going to talk to you right now about where there are 204 plus flavors of Kit Kat bars. That, wow. like, I didn't even know there were that many flavors, but I'm just going to run down some real quick for <laughs> oh you. So we yeah. got original chocolate. We got Sublime Bitter. I don't even know what that is. Uh, milk Coffee, Strawberry, Sparkling Strawberry, different Ooh. flavor. Big Little, I don't, that's not even a flavor. Uh, soybean, we got Green Tea, we got Matcha, we got Soybean, Green Soybean, sorry. Uh, soy mm. Sauce, we've got Orange, we've got Soy pineapple. Sauce Kit Kat? <laughs> yeah, we got blueberry. We got lemon cheesecake. We got normal okay, lemon. Japan, what the we, fuck? We've, we've got whole lemon. We've got lemon vinegar, which has so many lemon flavors. We got blood orange, orange chocolate, chocolate banana. We got ubly melon. We got salt and caramel, big little chocolate mint, salt and puff. That's not a flavor, but okay. Uh, Muscatavac. Alexandria, okay. A koozie sandwich, big little banana, fruit parfait, white chocolate. We got maple syrup, uh, hunduki milk. We got hunduki azaki, uh, okay. Red bean soup, cherry blossom. We've got green tea and cherry blossom. White oh. peach, yellow peach, yuzu, royal milk tea, jasmine tea, custard pudding, dark green tea, tiramisu, green ginger ale, uh, blue. Uh, the plum soda, uh, let's see, cola and lemon squash, vanilla ice, and passion fruit. I just went yeah. through only 50 of the flavors right there. There are Jeez. 150 more flavors of 
Kit Kat bars. Oh, God, I guess I got to stick another quarter in you to get the rest of them, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have enough breath. I'm sick. I can't be saying all oh, those kid. names. Golly. <laughs> Tom, I just uh, read it says there's more than 300 flavors of oh, Kit Kat bar. Even better. So even they probably started better. blending some of those flavors together to make like yeah, an amalgamation of something. Yeah, they're just like, Why? yeah, let's throw red bean paste and lemon together. Yeah, whatever. So That'd be good. My friends just got back from Japan and I asked them to get me some Kit Kats because I know I knew of the absurdity of the flavors. So I don't know what they got me. I'm excited. I am going to use those airline miles that I won to go to Japan. I know that. Nice. So I will good. definitely have to get some some Kit Kats over there when I'm there. I do want to try the wasabi ones, though. I think that will be yeah. fascinating. <laughs> I want to try every single one of them just because it's just like, let's do this. Oh, I'm sure the majority of them are good. It's like, you know, even a bad Kit Kat still a Kit Kat. So, yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to beat. <laughs> golly okay okay eric that's do you have funny. something kit kat related no i finally have something sports related <laughs> Woo, sports yeah this one is just purely sports related i mentioned that uh i th- this one by the way the title is called the over the hill gang runs washington <laughs> okay the over the hill uh-huh. gang runs washington it's not just capitol hill in the white house with the old and venerable running the program okay so Last weekend was the NFL draft. I love it so much. I watched every single second of it. I can't wait for football season to come back. I'm obsessed. I'm just over the moon about it. Love the Seahawks draft, all that. I thought I would find a draft-related weird fact. I just wanted to go there. So for those listeners who are unclear on the NFL draft and what it's about, it's where pro teams go in reverse order of last year's standings. Worst teams get to pick first and they select the best eligible college players for their rosters going forward. It's been around since the 1930s, and there's been debate and speculation on draft strategy and roster building ever since. It's perfect fodder for debate uh, for geeks like me, and it's absolutely Christmas for football fans. I just love it. So, in the late 60s, there was this coach named George Allen who came over from the L.A. Rams to coach the Washington Redskins. I'll go ahead now and apologize for the use of the name, but that's what they were called then. Anyway, he hated rookies. Hated them. Hated them. He hated rookies. He just, he had no use for them. Bunch of college kids. He just did not have, the. he didn't want to spend the whole mess of time teaching these kids how to adapt to the program. So he would sometimes, I mean, a lot of, he would trade away practically his entire draft for obscure veteran players simply because he did not want to teach some kid how to play pro football. So it turned out there were years where like the average age of his starting players was 31. Imagine that, will you? So anyway, they got the nickname, the over the hill gang. That was their nickname. Uh, And the thing is, is they actually had some good teams. They had plenty of good teams. And when he left the team in the late seventies and Joe Gibbs took over, He kind of continued the tradition, and this is where the weird fact, this is the actual weird fact. Washington did not make a first-round selection during the entire decade of the 1970s, and from 1969 to 1990, they only had three first-round picks. Wow. (laughs) From 1969 to 1990, they had a grand total of three first-round picks. Now, two of them were future Hall of Famers Art Monk and Daryl Green, so yeah, they were pretty damn good. Now, as crazy as that sounds to our modern understanding, Washington ended up with three Super Bowl trophies to show for this. That's true. Uh, Yeah, they won in 82. They won the 87 season and the 91 season, I believe. Uh, Yes. Um, So now that the, you know, now the draft is this great, big, huge show that they put on. 
They make a huge circus out of the first round, especially. They give it its own primetime slot by itself on Thursday night. They invite a bunch of kids there with their families all in suits. And they walk them across the stage, and it's just huge circus. And it's awesome. It, it's just the fact that Washington built such great rosters, championship rosters, while poo-pooing the draft is just crazy by modern standards. The fact that they only had three first-round picks from 1969 to 1990 is bonkers. Totally bonkers. Uh, I think I'm going to have to change my name in our fantasy league to the Over the Hill Gang because yeah, it's a, that's uh, a pretty good name. We we've had the the league for I think we're going on year six now, um, and I have only had a first round pick the first year we did the draft. Okay, and e- ever since I've always traded away my first round pick for somebody who's already a good player. Like. That's just the strategy I've had. I, I don't plan on it each year. It just kind of happens where it's like, yeah, I'd like that guy. Let's do this. Rookies usually take a couple of years before, well, in terms of fantasy football, especially, mm-hmm. they usually take a couple of years before they're really viable in fantasy football. So from Dynasty, it's kind of cool to stash them and hope you're going to strike gold. But you're really, you're hoping that in years two, three, four, they're going to be awesome and you're going to have them for cheap. That's the yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL draft is kind of like astrology for men. You know, we're, we're, we're banking on these things and trying to guess what's going to happen or predict, you know, what we we have such conviction in our in our statements and people are like, you know what? I think that's true. So it's very hard to hit a home run on a rookie. Look at the Seahawks. Our first round draft picks haven't been super stellar in the past 10 years. We've gotten lucky here and there, but like, I'm very optimistic after this draft this year, you know, I'm, I'm excited about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Devon Witherspoon. I mean, both of them are top tier talent and it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, but we never know. It could go the other way completely. They could fizzle out and nothing could happen. We've seen it time and time again. So it's tricky, but that's fascinating that they only had three picks from that time frame. Only three first round picks. First round had, picks. No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I mean, a lot of the other times they had other draft picks and stuff, but it's just, it's crazy. He would trade away. A lot of times he would trade away his entire draft because he's like, I don't want some fucking kids coming in here. I don't know. No, so, I just give me, give me men who have been playing this game for a while who know exactly what's expected of them and know yeah. how to pl- run my system and will win. That's some so, boom, boomer energy right there. It is some straight. <laughs> this is pre boomer though. Yeah. So. The fact that it, you're right, it is, <laughs> it's definitely boomer energy, but uh, the, the average starting age 31 is that's crazy. Never in today's NFL, no way, no, no way, yeah, yeah not that, at all. That's like when people are starting to go downhill, like, yeah, they, they just hit their prime. And backs now, can't play yeah, anymore, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah absolutely you're just not. done. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, well, good, good stuff, Eric. I like, right, I like yeah. the draft thing. Thanks. Um, okay, so for my final one, uh, these are very important. We learn about these in human growth and development or sex ed or whatever you want to call it when we grow up. But condoms, Trojan is the most trusted brand in America is what we're told. Lifestyles are fantastic. Skin are really good too. But did you guys know that the Olympics, the Olympic Games actually have, they give their athletes condoms, lots and lots of condoms. And in fact, the 2016 Summer Olympics, this is estimated, the athletes used more than 450,000 condoms just for that one year's Olympic Games. Uh, 11,238 athletes, which is 40 condoms per athlete over 16 days, which equals 2.5 condoms a day per athlete. 
five per couple per day. In any case, anyone was wondering. So banging. that is a lot. <laughs> and a lot of it has because this I heard about this um, uh, last year. And what happens is because they're in these dorm rooms, basically, and these we're talking 18, 19, 20 year old kids too. you know, what do you think is going to happen? They're all from different areas and stuff. They're top tier. They're athletes. Their adrenaline is pumping. Their hormones are pumping. And it's very smart to give them condoms because you're being safe. Really? I think it, it's it's fascinating. I'm a proponent for safe sex and I, I love that. But 450,000 condoms in one one 16 day period. That's insane. That's uh Wow. It's a lot of bangerang. It's a lot of sex they, moves right there. They're just making a lot of a lot of uh, water balloons, a lot of water balloon fights. That's what it That's is. That's what it is. Yeah. If uh, yeah. if anything tells me the truth from watching kids' movies growing up, it's they like to drop water balloons out of the the balconies out of the That's fifteenth right. store balcony windows. So. Um. Okay. Well, that's all I have, you guys. Those are some really fun facts. Uh, I hope everybody learned something new today because we are an educational show first and foremost. Um, I will recap yeah. the lists. <laughs> so Thomas has the sloth can hold its breath breath for 40 minutes. Every British tank had a tea kettle in it. Barry Bonds went a total of 95.5 miles around the bases on either walks or home runs, which is almost the distance of the circumference of Mount Rainier. The South American fruit black sapote tastes like chocolate pudding and sweet custard. And then that there are more than 300 flavors of Kit Kat bars, and he would eat every one. Yeah. Eric has woolly mammoths existed whilst pyramids of Giza existed, which is very odd. Um, the birth year 1929, where there are still folks among us who were born in that year and have seen some shit, to put it lightly. President Tyler's grandson is still alive to this day. Uh, the Roman Empire ended much, much later than we think. And then the over the hill gang runs Washington, the commanders, formerly the Redskins in the National Football League. Zach has cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, collard greens, savoy cabbage, kohlrabi, and gailan are all of the same species of plant, the brassica oleracea. Um, Honey never spoils, actually. You can draw a line 35 miles long with one standard pencil. A human can sweat around 26 gallons in bed every year. Gross. And the 2016 Summer Olympics athletes used more than 450,000 condoms. Okay. Lots of fun and weird facts, and it was uh, it was good. I hope everyone learned something and had a great old time. But thank you, first, thank you very much, I should say, for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PodcastTop5, at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at Snack Burglar, where you can give us ideas, you can tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Thank you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. Here's a weird fact. Did you guys know that grapefruit contains zero grapes? Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Why is it called grapefruit? That's a good, good point. Okay, bye, everybody. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.